Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back to this uh, Old Testament podcast. We're going to do today Exodus chapter 8. I'll start off in the chapter here. Verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, My God go, or no, let my people go, that they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders, or within thy border, with frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into thine house, and into thy bedchamber, and upon thy bed, and into into the house of thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thine ovens, and into thy kneading troughs. And the frogs shall come up both on thee, and upon thy people, and upon all thy servants. And the Lord spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch forth thine hand, and with thy rod over the streams, over the rivers, or canals, and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched out his hand, even, or outstretched his hand, sorry, and Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments, and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Why would they want to do that again? Anyway. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, Glory over me, or I grant you preeminence to declare when shall I entreat for thee and for thy servants and for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee in thy houses that they may remain in the river only. And he said, Tomorrow, and he said, Be it according to thy word, that thou mayest know that there is none like unto the Lord our God. And the frogs shall depart from thee, and from thy houses, and from thy servants, and from thy people. They shall remain in the river only. And Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried unto the Lord because of the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses, out of the villages, and out of the fields. And they gathered them together upon heaps, and the land stank. I can imagine, man, frogs piled high. Ooh! But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart, that there was respite, and he hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. The second stroke or plague, that of the frogs, was also in connection with the river Nile. At the same time, it must be remembered that the frog was also connected with the, with the uh, most ancient forms of idolatry in Egypt, so that what was the object of their worship once more became their curse. Here also a natural occurrence, not uncommon in Egypt, rendered, rendered Pharaoh's unbelief not impossible. After the annual inundation of the Nile, the mud not uncommonly produces thousands of frogs, called by the Arabs to this day by the name corresponding to the term used in the Bible. These frogs are small, do not leap much, are much like toads, and fill the whole country with their croaking. They are rapidly consumed by the ibis, which thus preserves the land from the stench described in Exodus 8.14. The supernaturalness of the visitation lay in their extraordinary number and troublesomeness, and in their appearance at the bidding of Moses. The magicians here also succeeded in imitating Moses upon a small scale, but apparently they were wholly unable to remove the plague, and Pharaoh had to ask the intercession of Moses, at the same time promising to let the people go. 
To give the king yet further proof that the stroke was not natural but of God, Moses left Pharaoh the option of himself fixing what time he pleased for their removal. Glory over me, when shall I entreat for thee? That is, let me not fix a time, but let me yield to thee the glory of fixing the exact time for the cessation of the plague. But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, literally enlargement, breathing space, he made heavy his heart. Again, that was from Edersheim. Verse 16, And the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch out thy rod, and smite the dust of the land, that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Ooh, this is nasty. Uh, I know, uh, well, never mind, we won't get into that. Verse 17, And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod, and smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in man and in beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice, or, or get rid of the lice, but they could not. So there, there were lice upon man and upon beast. Then the magicians said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had said. The third stroke, as always the third in each of the three series of plagues, came unannounced to Pharaoh and consisted not exactly of what we call lice, but rather of a kind of small insects, scarcely visible, but which penetrate everywhere and cause the most intense inconvenience. Sir S. Baker describes this visitation of vermin, which is not uncommon after the rice harvest. In almost the words of Scripture, it is as though the very dust were turned into lice. The plague came when Aaron, as directed by God, had smitten the dust of the earth with his rod. As twice before the river, so now the fertile soil, which the Egyptians also worshipped, became their curse. In vain the magicians tried to imitate this miracle. Their power was foiled, but to neutralize the impression, they said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of Elohim, the result of the power of a god. He, he has done this. Therefore, being in no way due to Moses and Aaron, it cannot confirm that their demand. We are, we are vanquished, yet not by Moses and Aaron, but by a divine power equally superior to them and to us. Therefore, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, or made firm and, and insensible. Verse 20, And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning, and stand before Pharaoh, lo, or, as he cometh forth to the water, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Else, if thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee, and upon thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thy houses. And the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies, and also the ground whereon they are. And I will sever, or separate, or segregate in that day the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, to the end thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. And I will put a division between my people and thy people, tomorrow shall this sign be. I'm hoping that when the plagues and the destructions and the bad things happen in the last days that we haven't yet seen, that, that maybe that's just among Gentiles and not among members of the church. <laughs> I hope. Anyway. Verse 24, And the Lord did so, and there came a grievous swarm of flies into the house of Pharaoh, and into his servants' houses, and into all the land of Egypt. The land was corrupted or ruined by reason of the swarm of flies. The fourth stroke consisted of swarms of so-called dog flies, which not only infested the houses, but corrupted the land by depositing everywhere their eggs. This plague is to this day most troublesome, painful, and even dangerous, as these animals fasten upon every uncovered surface, especially the eyelids and comers of the eyes, and their bites, corners of the eyes, and their bites cause severe inflammation. 
It was announced to Pharaoh as he went to the river early in the morning, as, had been, as has been suggested, probably with a procession in order to open the solemn festival, which was held 120 days after the first rise of the Nile, i.e. about the end of October or early in November. Although it wrung from Pharaoh consent for the people to go, yet on this removal he hardened his heart at this time also, perhaps because in this and the next plague he did not see the instrumentality of Moses, and therefore fell back upon the theory of the magicians about the finger of Elohim. Verse 25, And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron, and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, It is not meet so to do, or would not be right, for we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians, or things abominable to the Egyptians, to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, and will they not stone us? We will go three days' journey into the wilderness, and sacrifice to the Lord our God, as he shall command us. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go that ye may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness, only ye shall not go very far away, entreat for me. And Moses said and said, Behold, I go out from thee, and I will entreat the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people tomorrow. And, but let not Pharaoh deal deceitfully any more in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. And Moses went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord, and the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and he removed the swarm of flies from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. There remained not one. And Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also, neither would, would he let the people go. So this is uh, the end of the chapter, and uh, and we're going to find out if Moses, or if uh, well, it says Pharaoh hardened his heart again, so he was uh, being deceitful and didn't let the people go. Shame on him. Anyway, things are going to get worse. See you next time. Bye.